All right, welcome to What's in the Cup, the uh, podcast from Georgia Southwestern State University. This is the first one of the new school year, or depending on your perspective, the last one of your summer vacation and summer break. Uh, Classes start Monday, and I can tell you that the uh, campus is very, very excited to have a uh, new set of students back on campus. We welcomed our freshmen uh, that are living in the residence halls on Tuesday with move-in day, and uh, they've had orientation going on all week, and faculty came back on uh, Monday. We had uh, kicked off the week with a planning session and then uh, meetings and, and training and professional development all week long. So it's been uh, a great start to the school year already. Lots of energy, lots of enthusiasm, lots of excitement about what's going on at Georgia Southwestern. So I say welcome back to everyone and uh, we're looking forward to uh, a great year. And uh, this is the kickoff of the uh, 2019-2020 podcast. And uh going to be able to uh, visit with somebody rather rather new to campus. We're going to welcome uh, Don Hart, a, a new faculty member in the College of Business and Computing uh, Accounting, if I understand correctly. So Don, welcome to uh, the office, welcome to the podcast, and welcome to campus. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. It's been a lovely experience already. All right. Well, we're going to get to uh, get to know you a little bit and talk about uh, your teaching and how you got to be not only a teacher, but how you got to GSW in a few minutes. But uh, every year, every every week, uh, we try to get started with a little bit about enrollment and student success, because uh, that is obviously our number one priority is making sure our students have an opportunity uh, to achieve their goals and uh, for the most part their goal certainly at gsw ought to be to graduate and to uh, complete their education here and uh, move on to whatever is next in their life so uh, i mentioned we had move-in day on tuesday we moved in um uh, it's about 300 and something students and uh, we have about 900 beds on campus Uh, the rest uh, of the beds are filled up with uh, juniors and seniors and sophomores and so they'll all be coming in This weekend uh, was a great day. Lots of people in the community, lots of faculty and staff and students. Uh, Some of the returning students came back to help and uh, we moved in on Tuesday. It was a little warm, uh, but I think everybody had a great time and I know the students uh, appreciated the help. Uh, We've been doing orientation. Uh, This is the longest orientation we've done uh, in a while here at the university, having the students from Tuesday uh, up until classes start on Monday, but uh, I've seen them walking around campus. Their energy seems to be high, uh, and the goal, obviously, is to get them very comfortable and familiar with the surroundings, understand how they need to do what they do uh, so that they can be successful, and uh, we're, we're hoping that this will be a great introduction for them. Uh, The good news, and uh, we talked about this a little bit Wednesday at our opening meeting, but uh, we've been working very hard the past year uh, on retention and making sure that our students have an opportunity to be successful. And uh, last year, our retention number, uh, freshmen becoming sophomores, was about 61%. So we were losing almost four out of every 10 uh, freshmen before they became sophomores. And uh, I, I said it on Wednesday, and I'll say it. Uh, on the podcast, I'm going to say it 
lots and lots of times, but I am so proud of the group that has been working on this. And when I say the group, I mean everybody on campus. It's been a, a campus-wide effort, but our retention going into this fall is over 73% of our freshmen are becoming sophomores. And to move uh, that number, uh, almost 12 or 13% in one year, I think is uh, spectacular. Uh, it means that a lot of the things that we did, that we put in place, the effort, the, the thought, uh, the attention to that particular issue uh, was right on target. And we moved uh, a lot of people to, uh, to be successful. And so that is, I think, an unbelievable uh, move. And I'm just really, really proud of the campus and all the folks that worked on that. Uh, now. For a little bit of a concern, and I say just a little bit, but uh, as of Monday, our freshman enrollment was down about 29 students. And our returning students, meaning juniors and seniors, was down about 92. And so uh, the, good, the, the, the hope that we have is that last week, at this time, uh, on this date, uh, we were actually finishing our first week of classes. So, uh, as we all know, students register late. They come in the last week. They come in the first week of classes. And so uh, we're expecting to close that gap uh, and not, uh, not have those numbers be as high, but it, it means that we're right on the verge of uh, uh, meeting our enrollment uh, target from last year. And so I wanna encourage everyone to continue to work with those students who are uh, maybe late comers and uh, make sure we have slots for them, uh, opportunities in the classes and things. And so I'm sure, Don, your, your family never does anything last minute. You guys are probably uh, well prepared and ahead of the game all the time, oh, right? Oh, absolutely not. Disorganization <laughs> is the name of the game. We enjoy chaos. <laughs> well, then you'll be right in line with uh, what happens uh, starting on Monday morning when they show up and say, I'd like to go to college, but uh, I haven't applied for admission or you know, done any of the things that I'm supposed to do. And by the way, I, I need financial aid. And, you know, uh, so it gets chaotic and it gets hectic, but uh, uh, we have a lot of folks on campus that work very hard to, uh, uh, to try to get them in. You probably will get a few phone calls saying that we've got uh, some students that need in a class or uh, need some help. So uh, be ready uh, to help. All right. Um, let's talk about some of the news that we have here on campus, uh, 12 new faculty members. I know you were here uh, on Monday for new, it was actually last Friday. Last Thursday. Last, last Thursday, mm -hmm. new faculty orientation. So you're like, you're like an expert at this campus by now, right? You've been here almost a week and a half. Well, I think the beauty of it is I'm learning humility and what I don't know, but I think everybody did an absolutely beautiful job of meeting on Thursday and first built a micro community within the Kobach faculty. I learned what Kobach meant, which I think was an important <laughs> lesson for my first day. And we had lots of opportunity to ask questions about things that were individual to our department. And then the provost was fantastic in organizing not only a session where we sat in one room and did one thing, but we walked around the campus and we learned stories about the buildings and the history. And we broadened our community to our freshman class. Everybody knew their job. 
Nobody went into the weeds in what they were talking about. But if I asked the question outside of that person's job description, nobody said, that's not my problem. They said, here's what the answer is, or here's where you can go to find it. And I think that's the mentality here. I I think it starts with the faculty and extends to the students, which makes it a very relaxed idea that I can get help when I need it. That's right. That's right. And that's, that's what makes a relatively small campus uh, such a great place for students that, uh, that, that need some help, that, mm-hmm. that are looking for uh, an opportunity to uh, move beyond maybe what they believe of themselves or what other people have uh, put on them. And so uh, creating a, an environment where we, uh, where we receive people and uh, help elevate them is really a positive thing. Now, you've, you're from Albany, if I understand right, right? Is that, you went to school in Albany, at least? That, that, is, that is correct. Uh, I was born in Mableton, which is a little community outside of Atlanta. Okay. Uh, my father was in banking there and had an opportunity to either go to Chicago or come back to the family business. And so he decided to come back south and work in a second generation family business. So I grew up right in this area, graduated from Lee County High School, had a turkey that rode in the wheelbarrow. We would throw him in the wheelbarrow and we would go off in the neighborhood and plop him out and he'd strut and we'd go to the next stop. So it's a great life. So how did, so how much did you know about Georgia Southwestern growing up? My mother and father were students at Georgia Southwestern and my father proposed to my mother at the lake, wow. which I just learned about two weeks ago. You just learned about the lake or you just learned about the proposal? Both. both. I learned about both. (laughs) I drove by the lake and said, I know my husband's going to fish there Uh and how lovely. And then my dad said, I proposed to your mother at that lake. Wow. So it just became more special to me. That is really neat. Yeah. All right. Well, so did you, at what point in your life did you say, well, I'm probably going to be a faculty member at GSW? I actually started looking at GSW about a decade ago. And my daughter was in elementary school, and my husband is an attorney and often in court. And so although I watched the site and thought, I'm going to put my foot in the water when it came, the right time came for me when she was in her senior year and driving. Um, we just lost my mother to cancer. Mm. So for three years, we did treatment yeah, and et cetera. Mom, yeah. And it was a beautiful experience. One that is, is I think the, the beauty is in the pain and being present to one another, which I think you bring into everything. I certainly plan to bring it to this campus with my students. It teaches important life lessons. And I got to have that beautiful woman. So it was great. And so I think there was a plan for me. And when it was time to be here, the door opened. Yeah, well, so did you, have you done much teaching? I know that you've done some, uh, we have, we, people don't know this, but uh, we've kind of traveled some of the same roads. We did. Uh, some time in Oklahoma, uh, some institutions that we both know. Uh, and I know you've done some teaching along the way, but has that been a full-time uh, mm-hmm process or it's been it's been both I started teaching at Darton in 1993 
and loved it. I was there full time until 1999 when my husband got out of the Marine Corps and decided to go to law school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was a surprise and a blessing (laughs) in itself. I absolutely loved being in Oklahoma. So while he was in school, I did a temporary contract one year at Northeastern State University, and they wanted to hire me back to do a full-time position, but I got offered a full-time position at Rogers State University, which was closer to home. I absolutely loved Claremore, loved the feel of the university, so I taught there until we decided to come back to Georgia, which is where all of our family resides. And we became very close to living in Oklahoma. So when I came back to Georgia, I taught adjunct at Darton for a decade which allowed me to be with my mother, my daughter, travel, finger paint, and I'm so happy that I was able to do both. Yeah, that's so interesting because I was at Northeastern from uh, 98 to 2008. And so we were actually uh, hanging out there at the same time, and we didn't, uh, we obviously we didn't know each other then, and uh, who would have guessed that we would both end up at Georgia Southwestern uh, doing a podcast on a Friday afternoon. So um, the, the teaching, when you started, were you a good teacher? I think everybody starts as a baby something. <laughs> I think I had the big rocks in place. Yeah. I think I genuinely wanted to be there. I genuinely enjoyed my students which I think is the name of the game, no matter how much experience you have. But I have learned so incredibly much about how to communicate with different people, about my subject matter. Um, One of the things that's important for business faculty is to stay current in the field. And so in addition to teaching, I'm also a Department of Veterans Affairs fiduciary, and I'm also a county conservator for Darty County. So I have very colorful and interesting stories there to be told without names. But I think both of those things have made me a better teacher. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's, I always find it interesting that, that we have, that the ability to continue to improve at what you do uh, by doing it and, and uh, many uh, academics certainly in higher education come to the teaching uh, out of a discipline where they were uh, practicing or where they had mm-hmm. studied uh, and, and uh, teaching is a new concept or at least uh, you know it's, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a second skill and so taking that knowledge and being then becoming a great teacher I think is a, a, a good transition and a growth that uh, so many of our folks go through and to be able to share that with other folks that uh, this is these are the tricks these are the these are the the ways you do it but obviously connecting to students and uh, finding ways to to be uh, entertaining but also uh, connecting to them in a powerful way now accounting was in the news this week I I saw yesterday or I think it was yesterday that forensic accountant came out and announced that GE is a fraud uh, I think it was the headline was uh, at least as big or bigger than Enron so uh, I don't know I don't do much forensic accounting but uh, any idea what uh, what what forensic accounting is yes it's and it is a hugely growing field in accounting and so forensic accounting is in a way if you think about um, 
I can't remember the name of the show on television where they go in and they look at evidence and try to find out that how this person died. Yeah, like and CSI so, or exactly, like that. exactly. Yeah. Or forensic files. That's mm-hmm. it. Forensic mm-hmm. files. So um, I thought my husband was trying to kill me for a long time because every time I came in the door, he was watching forensic files. Um, <laughs> but then I decided that I was going to be okay. But so a forensic accounting is going to go into any firm and try to uncover and find the smoking gun. Where did they go wrong? Where were things violated? And so when the Enron scandal came out, a lot of of Sarbanes-Oxley came up Mm -hmm. and they tried to figure out how to get people on the inside to help them. And so you're going to see, I think, a lot more growth in the area of forensic accounting. And I told our people that were coming through to visit the campus, if you're an accountant, you can do anything. You can work anywhere. You don't have to sit in the corner with the green visor on in the back of a room doing one thing all day. Um, I have some of the most interesting souls walk through my life every day as a veteran's fiduciary, and it's fun. And so I think any personality can do this, but forensic accounting is something that if you're thinking about it, it's pretty exciting. Well, that's, you know, it was interesting to me because obviously they're going back years and trying mm-hmm. to figure out where did they start exactly. maybe doing something they shouldn't have been doing or you know how, how are they carrying this forward and uh, one of the things that that I mentioned uh, on Wednesday that uh, one of the accomplishments of the university and I, I, I'm still amazed by this but we uh, we closed out our Perkins loan program here at the university a program that had been at the institution for uh, 50 years and part of the closeout is to do an audit. And uh, they sent um, an auditor, the federal government sent an auditor down here to, uh, to work on it. And uh, we, we received a, a clean audit over 50 years of uh, accounting and, and the program. Uh, so I just wanna to point out uh, these, this, the number of people involved, when you think about over 50 years, how many people uh, were a part of this program? Donja Tripp, uh, Jan Rogers, Christy Berry, um, on the student account side, and then on the mm-hmm. financial aid side, we had Rebecca McNeil, uh, Frida Jones, Angela Bryant. Uh, they've all been working on this, and I think they had to go back uh, promissory notes from like 25 years old wow. to try to uh, clean those up. and so. Uh, what, a, what an amazing uh, accomplishment, uh, but it tells a story, I think, about the institution and our, mm-hmm. uh, the, the way that we run our business here has been, uh, has been well done for a long time. And I think that gives us all a lot of confidence that uh, financially and, and from a business perspective, uh, the institution is is really well run, and so I thought that was interesting that uh, forensic accounting mm-hmm. uh, was kind of in the news, uh, and have a chance to talk to you about that. And um, so I was really proud of, of that one, and I wanted to make sure we we thanked those uh, those ladies and all the folks that have worked on that. Now you've joined uh, the. Uh, school college of business now this year it's the college of business and computing and uh, some exciting news came out this summer a couple times this summer the mba program was recognized as the number one value in the united states not by one publication but by three different publications so i assume that uh, the entire college is very excited and 
proud of that accomplishment and ready to move forward? Absolutely. Dr. Carol Bishop, who is the head of the MBA program and a lovely person, her husband is the judge, so she and I have a lot in common, but she grew the program from 60 to 65 students this year. And it is truly a quality situation, I think, for students to step into. And she works very hard to make sure, for instance, that our graduating seniors who might need an elective take a graduate course just to put their foot in the water and see if they're going to like it. I, I can say that as, as excited I am as they is that it's valuable, I think it's valuable not just because it's less expensive, but the, the quality of the faculty is very incredible and their dedication to the students is incredible. Many people in my classroom, I've had doctors, engineers, my brother-in-law works for Delta, had a degree in Russian studies, went back and got his MBA. Yeah. And so if you decide you don't want to be in accounting, if you want to progress anything in industry, you need an MBA. Yeah, even if you're a medical doctor, you need an MBA. I, th you know, that's I don't. Uh, I think all of our obviously we, we value all of our degrees, uh, but I would agree. I think the MBA is one of the most powerful degrees uh, for anybody to get out of any discipline because as you advance in your career, uh, and you're asked to be a manager, you're asked to manage a budget or uh, you know hire people. Those are all things and skills that you don't necessarily get in your undergraduate degree program where you're picking up a particular skill or discipline. And the MBA is able to pull all those things together that makes you or allows you to be successful in that new managerial type of role and better understand the business of uh, whatever it is you're uh, doing. And so I always encourage students that, that are interested in graduate degrees to consider the MBA. And, and it's nice to be able to promote one that is considered uh, among the best in the country. And I think best value indicates not only high quality, uh, but from a cost perspective, uh, it's, uh, it's affordable. And uh, for, for the money you pay, uh, the quality of the degree is outstanding. And so I'm really proud of our folks uh, for making that program so good. And uh, I also want to recognize um, our nursing program. Uh, not only were they recognized as the, the best uh, nursing program in the state of Georgia, they were also, uh, they also had a great summer. 38 of the 39 students that uh, completed their degree in the, in the spring took and passed the NCLEX exam. So their pass rate is, uh, I can't do math very well, uh, certainly not publicly, but that's uh, 98, 99% of, uh, of the population. So wow, what a pass rate. And uh, I know they are proud of those students and I'm proud of the program, proud of, uh, proud of the work that goes into making sure our students are prepared to move into their professional careers. And so I want to congratulate them, and, and uh, we know we're expanding that nursing program. We're going to have a second uh, admissions uh, program this, this spring, so we'll have 40 new nursing students in the fall, and we're looking to add another 40 in the spring, which means, um, one, we get 40 additional students, which uh, obviously we're very excited about on the enrollment side, but it also means that the faculty uh, will be handling uh, twice as many students. And so we know that that requires uh, a lot more effort and we wanna thank them uh, for taking that on. Um, 
got a couple notes. Uh, one of your uh, one of your colleagues um, has been traveling all over the world, uh, teaching and uh, traveling, and uh, just so many of our faculty during the summer are are out in the world uh, doing interesting, uh, fun. Um, educational types of things and uh, if you if you want to ever think that your life is boring uh, go talk to Suzanne Connor for just a few minutes and ask her what she's been doing for say the last two weeks and she will do more in the last two weeks than you probably have done in the year and you'll think my goodness gracious how can somebody do so much stuff but she's great fun I think she was in Lithuania uh, over the course of, of this year I think she was in a couple other places and uh, uh, so I know you'll get to know Dr. Connor, uh, but she's just one example of uh, faculty who have been all over the world uh, doing great fun things and teaching um, I think I think uh, Dr. Bennett, another one of your colleagues, was uh, in France uh, this summer doing oh, some God. teaching. So, uh, and there's, I, I, I probably shouldn't have started down that road because I, I, I don't know where everybody was, but I do know there were uh, lots of folks out doing things. Um, want to welcome to campus this year. We're launching the President Carter Leadership Program. We have 20. Uh, freshman students coming in that are the first uh, Carter Leadership Program students and they're are, are going to be a big part of our campus. Uh, uh, Linda Lee uh, Purvis is leading that program for us this semester and uh, we're very excited to have President Carter's endorsement and uh, public support of the program and these students are not only going to be leaders on our campus but we think they're going to be leaders in our community and uh, they're going to have a chance to go visit with President Carter, uh, get to know him a little bit, and uh, really excited to get that program up and running. Uh, this will be the first year. We'll add another 20 students next year, and so forth and so on, and, and hopefully uh, we'll have up to 80 students in that program over the course of the next four years, and we think that will really help transform uh, the campus. So we're, we're excited to welcome those people. And then... Uh, if you haven't had enough fun in your first week and a half on campus, uh, next week is Welcome Week, and uh, we have a, a full schedule of events, and I'm going to name a few that I would expect that you'll be participating in. Uh, bubble soccer, if you uh, have never gotten inside one of those big, huge, air-filled things and let people push you around and knock you down the hill, this is your chance. Uh, seven to nine o'clock uh, on the in the commons outside of Jackson Hall we have bubble soccer uh, welcome back glow party those are all on Monday night Tuesday uh, this is more my uh, speed uh, between 11 and 1 there's gonna be cupcake decorating so uh, maybe I'll just go to eat the cupcakes but certainly I could put some sprinkles on something if I had to but uh, food trucks Tuesday night five o'clock to eight o'clock on Sanford Hall so if you're interested in food trucks and lawn party uh, that will be going on Tuesday night Thursday there's a movie at the Storm Dome and uh, Friday night eight to midnight there's a block party at the lake house so you can uh, see if your dad wants to come and uh, stroll down memory lane and hang out at the lake 
And uh, Saturday is a day of service. There's going to be lots of activities. Uh, Magnolia Manor, Harvest of Hope, uh, Sumter Faith uh, Clinic, and uh, Furlough Charter School cross-country meet. So uh, a lot of things happening next week with classes starting, students back, uh, a lot of activities for Welcome Week. So I hope that everyone will uh, get out and uh, participate and help our students know that they're uh, that we're excited to have them back and that we're looking forward to a great year. A um, couple people to recognize, always uh, try to, to mention a few things. Uh, it happens every year. It happens, um, happens multiple times a year, really. But uh, at the start of school, it, it, it seems to happen more. We've had a consultant in uh, this week and we had all the parents in. And the first thing that they say is campus is beautiful. This is a stunning place um you know i hear comments like it's a you know it's a it's an oasis it's you know i had no idea something this beautiful was here uh but i just want to thank our guys and and ladies that work so hard to make sure the campus looks the way it does that it's uh, safe comfortable uh, both inside and outside uh, keeping our buildings cool and clean is not easy uh, keeping the grounds uh, pretty and uh, uh, safe is also not easy. And so all those folks that make that uh, possible, I want you to know that we appreciate it and it does not go unnoticed by uh, anybody that comes onto campus. Uh, I want to thank Dr. Suzanne Smith. You mentioned the provost did uh, a lot of work, not only on new faculty orientation, but all of Southwestern Week. Uh, has been uh, organized out of the provost's office, and I thought it was a great week of, uh, of work and, uh, and, and community, making sure everybody uh, gets back together and has a chance to, to build those relationships again. We've been apart for a while, and it's fun to kind of get back together and have those conversations. And then I want to thank uh, Dr. Laura Boren, uh, Dr. David Jenkins, and Latoya Marshall for uh, all the work on uh, move-in day, orientation, making sure that our new freshmen are uh, getting the information they need, but they're also uh, building those relationships and bonds that will make Georgia Southwestern really a special place for them. So all of that uh, is going on, and we want to thank everybody for making that happen. Now, um, I've told my story uh, many times about... Uh, the kind of student I was and the fact that I, I had a faculty member, uh, an English faculty member in my case, uh, make a difference in my life and really uh, set me on a course toward uh, more success in education. And, and uh, that's why I believe so deeply in what we do here, because I know we can really change people's lives, the direction of their life, not just through the education, but through the the development of a of a personal belief and and confidence and uh, all of those other things that we get by uh, building an education and so I'm curious what uh, tell us a little bit about your story how did you how did you find your path to an accountant and multiple degrees uh, but also to to wanting to be a teacher to being involved in higher education how did how did that how does you how do you personalize that and find value in what we do i think there are so many things that i could say to that so please stop me when i go too long first of all not only do you and i have oklahoma in common my paternal grandfather at six years old pulled a wagon to work 
to stand tall enough to work a piece of machinery. <laughs> he was essentially illiterate for much of his life. He and my grandmother met when they were 11 years old. They married at 18. My grandmother worked in the Cotton Mill Village as a child. They built their own business. My grandfather ended up working at Selfco in some chemical engineering and then went back into the family business. My grandmother picked up pecans to help afford my father being able to go to college. Wow. And so it really was ingrained in me from very early the value of hard work and education. And so I think so many of our students come to campus and they see us wearing a suit and think of us as other and perfect and, you know, we came from pie in the sky, which couldn't be farther from the truth. And so to have my family show me the value of hard work and the expectation that you will go to college yeah. or you will get some type of technical training. I love this atmosphere of college because it changes people. You just don't come and learn nuts and bolts experiences with so many different people make you a well-rounded different individual when you come in the door than when you leave yeah and i always find it fascinating that that people who didn't have an education or didn't have the opportunity to get an education believe so strongly that their their kids are going to do this right yes. like you say your grandma picked up pecans i mean she was she was going to make sure that your dad went to college and had that opportunity. And that, that to me, is this, one of the strongest, I don't know, it just it tells me that if you don't have it and you know what it, the difference it makes in somebody's life, you'll do anything to make sure your kid has that. Yes. And that tells me how powerful it is. So I, I love that story. That's, that's amazing. Now, how did you get to be, uh, think of yourself as a teacher and, and wanted to, be a part of the educational process on, on this side of it. I have always enjoyed people. And I think I get enriched by the people that I'm around. And a good dear friend of mine, Jim Perks, who was President Carter's press secretary, hmm. was also a deacon in the Episcopal Church. And he said, Dawn, there is no true altruism in that when I serve or work with somebody and I see that student, it almost gives me chill bumps, I see that student who came from a background that is very difficult and you never get to know that until you sit down with them and look them in the face and they're afraid and they're confused and they don't think they can get it and then the light bulb goes off and there's that aha moment and it changes everything and they feel more confident and apart and heard. And to be part of that is not altruism. I get more from that experience than they do. So that is why regional university for me, that is why CPA teaching instead of working in private practice, because it connects me and gives me an opportunity to nurture somebody who is trying to work their way into the next part of their life and it's incredible i don't i i i'm like i said a teacher changed my life changed my direction and uh, i've tried to teach a few times and i gotta tell you yeah i'm not very good at it uh, i think it's a special skill um, 
no matter how bad you want to, I think it's still a special skill and the ability to, uh, to, to, be, to be a teacher, to deliver the information, but then to be uh, also connected in a, in a mm-hmm. powerful way and to be able to, like you say, look in and, and, and say, okay, I need to, this person is going to need this or this. And, mm-hmm. uh, and to, make, you know, to have a room full of 25 or 30 or 40 mm-hmm. and to be able to impact all of them is a special, unique skill. And I'm always uh, so uh, appreciative and, and in awe of the folks that do it and do it so well. And so uh, I just think that when you guys decide that that's what you're going to do, it's pretty amazing. And I love to hear uh, the stories. Um, so, so your introduction to GSW has been okay? Or are you looking forward to first semester, I assume? Absolutely. Um, I think that when you said OASIS, it was a word that went through my mind as well. I think that GSW is an oasis in this area. I think it's serendipity that someone like your assistant Terry, they drive through South Georgia just thinking they're going to pass straight through and then they find this community that has a former president, that has the arts, that has Habitat for Humanity and they stop. And then when they come into this community, um, and I'm going to brag on both you and um, Dr. Smith, when they drove up on the day to unload for the dorms, nobody had a tag on that said, I'm the president of the college unloading your car. Mm -hmm. Everybody had on the same t-shirt, covered in sweat, taking these nervous people into a new building. And so I think it's a great place to be. There's community at every level. And then I got to go to the third floor with heavy stuff, which you wouldn't think was a great thing. (laughs) But I got to walk down the hallway, and I've always thought that President Carter was amazing. But just to see his practical wisdom in the hallway was, was awesome. So I think we're incorporating that at the most basic level. Climb out on the limb, that's where the fruit is. And I think that's really our role here is to take students who may have never been on a campus like this before and say, come drink, you're at the Oasis. That's right. I love it. I love it. But we are... um we're excited to have you with us, excited uh, not only to have you, but your 11 uh, colleagues that are also brand new faculty members here to campus. And, and uh, I know uh, from just spending a, a few minutes uh, with that group that uh, you are a representative of them and, and you all have this great passion for uh, not only your disciplines, but uh, for, the, for the kind of culture that we have here at the university and the, and the ability to be involved with students, and I, we heard that over and over and over again uh, with the new faculty orientation, talking about the the, the thing that makes this place special is the uh, unique uh, relationship you can have with the students. And so, I'm excited for you and excited to have you with us. Uh, we're going to wrap up. We've got uh, uh, a little bit of concern that's going on. I want to just mention this briefly. Uh, the governor. Uh, Uh, has announced uh, and some of you may have seen some articles that uh, he's asked some state agencies to uh, trim their budgets and to look for ways to cut and I can I I can tell you at the moment uh, higher education is not a part of that and so we are appreciative to the governor uh, for his commitment to higher education and not wanting to uh, reduce the funding for higher education but it does send a message that the state is uh, seeing some signs that uh, the budget might not be in as good a shape as we thought it would be. 
even though the uh, rainy day fund is completely full and, and I think it's got over like $2 billion in it, uh, I, I think they must be seeing um, monthly receipts come in a little bit under what they would be expecting. And so they're starting to take some steps now ahead of the game. Again, we're not, a, we're not impacted at the moment, but I think as an institution, we have to be looking and thinking that uh, if things don't improve, that we may eventually be asked to do our part. Uh, and then of course the stock market this week has been uh, ridiculous and, and uh, trying to keep up with uh, the 10-year note and the two-year note inverting and that signals recession and you know all the things and and some people are saying n not this time but uh, it's been a perfect indicator uh, over the course of history up to this point so you know I think uh, none of us know exactly but I do think there's enough signals out there that uh, institutionally we're going to have to be very conservative, uh, continue to try to get students to come and, and uh, be a part of what we're doing. Uh, the best way to insulate us against a state uh, decline is to have more tuition dollars coming in. And so tuition uh, growth, uh, student growth uh, enrollment is, is going to be a critical for us over the next year or so. But I just wanted to mention that uh, right now we're, we're in pretty good shape and we want to always be appreciative of the governor uh, and the Board of Regents who continue to uh, support us in, in a very positive way. But that's for, that's for later. This uh, right now uh, on Friday heading into uh, the first week of classes is really about the excitement and the enthusiasm of this year. And uh, I hope everybody's looking forward to a great year great welcome week and uh, I know I'm really excited Sunday night if you're listening to this uh, before Sunday night we have freshman convocation starting at six o'clock in the storm dome it's a great opportunity to uh, welcome those freshmen to campus uh, get them started and uh, really kind of give them their uh, charge there this is what you're here for now, uh, we've, we've, we've given you all the information, we've given you your orientation, you know how this place works. Now, go, go do what you came here to do and be successful at it. So I hope everybody will come out and join us for that. It's a fun day, uh, fun evening, and then we'll see everybody back here Monday uh, to kick things off. Bob, I know you're very excited to start the year, and uh, we're looking forward to a great time. So Don, thank you again. Thank you. For being with us today and i uh, hope you have a great semester we'll be back next friday with the uh either the first school year version of what's in the cup or depending on how you count this the second but uh, we'll see you next week and hope you have a great first week of classes